You're listening to the Pro-Life Ohio podcast presented by Ohio Right to Life. I'm Allie Frazier, the Director of Communications at Ohio Right to Life and your host. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I hope you are all doing well and staying safe out there during these tough times. So today on the podcast, I'm super excited to say that we have a special guest on to talk about Planned Parenthood and a lot of the legal stuff that has been going on with the canceling of non-essential surgeries across the country and how the abortion industry is really disregarding a lot of those orders and continuing to commit abortions. But before we dive into all that, I thought it'd be helpful to just give a quick rundown on what has happened here in Ohio over the last several weeks in regards to all of that stuff. So on March 17th, the Ohio Department of Health's director, Dr. Amy Acton, ordered all non-essential surgical procedures halted in order to preserve vital PPEs or personal protective equipment. Um, With the shortage of PPEs looming up ahead due to their increased need during the fight against COVID-19, this order was aimed to ensure that healthcare workers on the front lines fighting the virus essentially had the life-saving protection that they needed. And nearly everyone did their part and complied with the order, but there was a notable exception. Planned Parenthood. Shocker. So within a matter of days after the Ohio Department of Health's order had been put out, it became pretty apparent that neither Planned Parenthood nor Ohio's other abortion facilities had ceased committing surgical abortions and were not complying with the ODH's order, and they were using up vital PPEs in the process. So Ohio Right to Life quickly took action and sent a letter to the president of Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio calling on them to stop all surgical abortions and comply with the ODH's order. The same day, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost sent a cease and desist letter, uh, I'm sorry, letters to Planned Parenthood and another Ohio abortion provider telling them to comply with the order. The abortion facilities, however, refused, and they instead (laughs) declared abortion essential and claimed that they were in compliance with the Department of Health's order and continued committing abortions. So the Ohio Department of Health then performed inspections of several abortion facilities to see if they were complying with the orders, which they clearly were not, Um, At that point, Planned Parenthood, afraid that this indicated that their abortion business would be shut down by the AG, ran to federal judge Michael Barrett, whose pro-abortion stance had served them from the bench previously, um, most notably when Judge Barrett blocked Ohio's heartbeat bill from taking effect last um, July. So Judge Barrett came to the abortion industry's rescue in this case as well, and issued them a temporary restraining order from the ODH's order, allowing them to continue using up those vital PPEs, even as healthcare workers across the country and in our state most notably continued to risk their lives in the fight against COVID-19. So Attorney General Dave Yost leapt into action. He appealed Judge Barrett's decision to both the Southern District Court, where Judge Barrett sits, and to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, asking them to reverse the temporary restraining order, which had allowed abortion facilities in Ohio to continue doing those surgical abortions despite the... Unfortunately, the Sixth Circuit and Judge Barrett declined the Attorney General's appeals. Judge Barrett then followed up and extended his TRO, putting politics ahead of human lives by allowing the abortion industry to continue putting lives at risk and using up those vital PPEs in the midst of the pandemic. 
Um, however, <laughs> this fight is not over as the AG is continuing the legal battle and fighting for life and the enforcement of the Ohio Department of Health's medical order. So hopefully that sheds some light on the fight against both COVID-19 and Planned Parenthood's abortion agenda over the last several weeks, specifically in Ohio. Um, and as this situation continues to develop, Ohio Right to Life is so, so grateful to Attorney General Yost for his continued leadership, working to ensure that the abortion industry is held accountable. Um, well, all Ohioans are being asked to make sacrifices in order to preserve innocent lives, the larger medical community is sacrificing the most, not only their time, but also their equipment, um, their private practices, and potentially even their own lives. So Planned Parenthood, however, in the midst of this pandemic, continues to prioritize their abortion business above literally everything else. And unfortunately, that is at the expense of our society's most vulnerable. So if anything, this crisis has revealed who the true healthcare heroes are, and spoiler alert, the abortion industry is quite obviously not on that list. So that's in a nutshell what's been going on in Ohio. Now, to address this issue on a more national level, our Vice President, Stephanie Kreider, will be talking with Mallory Quigley, who is the Vice President of Communications for Susan B. Anthony List. So enjoy. This is Stephanie Ronovic Kreider. I'm the Vice President and Executive Director of Ohio Right to Life. And now that we have given you all a recap on what is going on with Planned Parenthood and the other um, abortion clinics here in Ohio and their defiance of the state's orders to cease elective surgeries, we thought we also would get a look at sort of the national picture and what is going on in other states and also at the national level with these abortion clinics. Unfortunately, this isn't something unique to Ohio, where these clinics have refused to comply with orders and have resorted to lawsuits, but it actually is something that they are doing at somewhat of a coordinated level um, across the nation. So we brought in Mallory Quigley, who is the Vice President of Communications for Susan B. Anthony List in D.C. Welcome, Mallory. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we were hoping, Mallory, you could just kind of walk us through um, what this looks like in other states. I know that yeah. Texas and Oklahoma and a couple others have had similar issues with Planned Parenthood. Um, I don't know if you can kind of speak to what other states have done and what that process has looked like over the last couple of months. Yeah, gosh. Well, um, Planned Parenthood, they have never seen a crisis that they didn't want to waste, right? I mean, even yeah. in the aftermath of 9-11, they were promoting abortion as being a key part of healthcare, and I think even offering like free abortions. And, uh, you know, we've seen just the way that they are stampeding women towards abortion during this time, really riling up people and playing on the fears about all the uncertainty that lies ahead. Um, and yeah, so many governors have stepped up. I mean, Governor DeWine really, I think, set the tone here and was a real leader um, but we, we saw at least a handful, I think, of pro-life state governors say, you know what, abortion is not an essential surgery. It's not an essential business. Um, we've got to shut down these clinics so we can prioritize personal protective equipment so that it goes to the doctors and nurses on the front line of the coronavirus fight. And also so that we are not, um, you know, overburdening the healthcare system at a time when it's already 
overburdened. And the last thing we need is women going to the ER with complications arising from abortion and even medication abortion, you know, as many as 7% of women who take the, the, the chemical abortion drug are going to need surgery to um, actually complete that procedure. So, um, but do, I don't know if you know, but in Pennsylvania, you're, you know, Ohio's neighboring state, um, Planned Parenthood put out a call for personal protective equipment. They were asking for masks and gloves and hand sanitizer. So too in California, we've seen, you know, different um, Planned Parenthood affiliates be putting out this call, diverting these resources away from the places where it's needed most. And even in Pennsylvania, um, they shut down all of their clinics where they didn't do abortions. So if you needed a, a reason, you know, if you needed more evidence that Planned Parenthood is a profit-driven abortion-centered business, I don't know that you and I needed more evidence of this, but um, yeah, they, they shut down the facilities where they weren't doing abortions. So the limited cancer screening and prevention, you know, contra even contraception, they were not making that available, only keeping the abortion facilities open. And, um, and of course, always running to the courts as they do. Um, the courts right. have been Planned Parenthood's backstop for, for a while now. I mean, then there's been just, it's been very turbulent. I think in Texas in the fifth circuit, they've made like three, I think three different decisions at this point on um, Governor Abbott's order, stopping the abortion procedure, then stopping chemical abortion. And the order itself, I think is going to run out here um within the week so i don't know we're gonna we're gonna see what happens but of course like planned parenthood's used to having favorable treatment from the courts but the fifth circuit's traditionally been good um but it's just there's been so much litigation i mean we're getting whiplash back and forth as we track all this stuff yeah exactly and i think that's been kind of a challenge for us here in ohio just in keeping our own membership informed, um, it seems to change every day. You know, it started with um, our health department doing investigations, and they did find that Planned Parenthood here in Ohio as well has their other clinics closed. So their clinics where they are providing just, you know, birth control and STI testing and those sort of routine mm -hmm. things, those clinics are all closed, quote unquote, for safety. Mm -hmm. And yet their abortion clinics remain open and performing surgeries. And so when um, our attorney general took action to close them down on that, they then, like you said, ran to a federal judge and sort yeah. of preempted the state's action by having a federal judge keep them open. Um, but funny that they're, uh, that they're closing down except um, for to keep doing that thing that's allegedly only 3% of what they do. Right. And it's just so, yeah, it just like really lays bare what their agenda is, you know, yeah. and it's um, hard to see that any other way. So, you know, we have wondered sort of internally, like maybe Planned Parenthood's strategy is just that they are trying to wait this out, right? Like nobody knows exactly how long um, any of these closures or orders are going to last. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly in Ohio, you know, things are changing by the day. Um, do you think that this is a good long-term strategy for Planned Parenthood to kind of continue to seek this legal action? Or is it sort of short-sighted because this is going to be an ongoing issue over 
I mean, potentially the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I think that Planned Parenthood, you know, they have the financial resources to, to like keep going back. You know what I mean? If they don't, Mm -hmm. if they don't get a decision that they like, they take another tack and they, and they try and, and find something else. So and for them, I don't know that it really matters. Like they're, they were really doing this in reaction to this, the, the strategy set out by pro-life governors. But I mean, I, I think even somebody as pro-life as Governor DeWine and pro, uh, you know, Governor Abbott, like they're, this is, this is not a part of the long-term strategy to um, see abortion be made, um, you know, unavailable, unthinkable, um, yeah. in our country. Yeah. Like this is really just about saying abortion facilities should not be getting special treatment during a time of a worldwide, you know, pandemic. I mean, I guess well, pandemic implies worldwide, but like, like, you know, that they, the abortion lobby is, is being proactive to, um, you know, to the move of the pro-life governors who are really just saying, look, we're not like, like with health and safety standards. And, and when there's one clinic left, you know, the, the abortion lobby always wants special treatment. And when they get special treatment by the, by the government, that's when women uh, uh, are put in danger. Um, I mean, you know, I even, I think we were going to talk to about you know, the June medical case, like that's an abortion facility trying to get special treatment. Um, and, and this is not how the needs of women and girls are, are best met. So, uh, I hope to like, I think that as a movement, we're going to continue to, uh, the best strategy for, um, chipping away or, you know, overturning Roe is going to be to, to keep passing through at the legislative level, you know, the, the pro-life laws that lawmakers have been um, working on and championing for the last decade or so, you know, the Pain Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, discrimination abortion bans, um, and, and things like the measures that protect the health and safety of women. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when we look at sort of our longer term strategy, I, somebody asked me recently, you know, should we, um, should the legislature be taking action to, you know, make sure that abortion clinics don't meet that definition of essential services. And my immediate thought was just, I hope that this will never be an issue again. I hope that we can end abortion before there is some other pandemic. And that would even be a question, you know? Yeah. Um, There is something to, you know, sort of these legal arguments that come out. So judge Michael Barrett here in Ohio in the sixth circuit, um, is the one who has issued the temporary restraining order and allowed Planned Parenthood and others to continue to um, provide abortions during this time. But in his decision that he issued, he even said something along the lines of, you know, abortion can be essential care in circumstances where a mother's life is endangered or um, the timing of the procedure is really, I don't know, something about the timing necessitates it. Or something like that. And so it was like this very confusing way of kind of carving out what a necessary abortion would be, quote unquote, necessary. Um, I don't know. Have you guys seen that kind of in other states as this issue has come up? And do you think that that might at all kind of enter into the conversation? I feel like if anything, it helps the pro-life argument because it's really difficult to come up with those scenarios that meet that criteria 
without making this, you know, broad brush, painting this broad brush and saying essentially there's this massive loophole and abortion providers can call any abortion necessary. Yeah, I mean, I think when they when they bring up timing, when when abortion advocates bring up this question of timing, it's like, okay, think through actually logically what you're saying. You the the inevitable to and most pregnancies, if left just to to carry on, is a healthy child at the end of all of this. And right. So if you're saying that um, it's the timing, it's like the time sensitive nature of pregnancy that um, that necessitates the abortion, you, you know, it just, it makes it all the more clear that we're talking about ending the lives of children. And I, I think that, that, you know, through all of this, like people are seeing that through this national conversation, like with everything, I think we as a pro-life movement have nothing to fear from increased conversation about abortion. And that's why I think it's good that we're having sort of this national conversation yeah. about what is necessary because it really, um, you know, it, it, it puts things in perspective and, and all we need is, is the truth really to be out there. The truth about what's going on in the womb, the truth about what abortion is, the truth about the abortion lobby and these types of um, policy debates, you know, we can we can get into the uh, you know the the details like okay, should this be coming from from the executive branch of the government or should legislators be doing it? And what are the courts going to say? Like, and sort of arguing about all of that. And these are valid conversations. But the bottom line is, major like everyday Americans are hearing this and then they're thinking this through. And I think that helps us as a movement to just keep talking about this. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I've seen a lot of people saying things like, you know, if someone can't get um, a diagnostic cancer procedure done, how is it that abortion is still okay right now? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. There's a lot of truth in that. Um, lastly, this might be the most complicated question, but what exactly is going on with the Supreme Court? Um, where did the kind of like the appeal initiate? I can't remember offhand if it was Texas. Um, and what, how do you kind of see that playing out? Do you think that they'll take any action on this? I know the court has more or less suspended all their oral arguments on other cases. So it's just hard to know exactly what to expect or what might be going on at that level. Um, you mean with regards to the order in Texas and the Planned Parenthood suit? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. To be specific, I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure to be honest, like it's been very there every day. There's a new North news story about this. Um, I don't even know that the Supremes will have an opportunity to like the, that's the question that I've posed to, you know, the lawyers on our team. Um, if governor Abbott's order runs out in two days, uh, then there really isn't, uh, you know, abortions presumably go back and, and, the, and the state opens up, you know, then mm -hmm. presumably things go back to normal. So what happens with the lawsuit at that point? Does Planned Parenthood, does it just go away? You know, does Planned Parenthood, do they have, um, you know, do they have uh, any type of standing to continue moving forward with it? Or I, I think that there's, I think we're all finding out the answers to that at the same time. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I wish I had a better, better answer. 
No, that, I mean, that definitely makes sense. I think it just adds to a lot of the confusion. But again, maybe that's just like part of their legal strategy, right? It's just yeah. that they're buying time and waiting out kind of this crisis that they think might be short term. Yeah, I do think that the silver lining, you know, is that there, this, this order was in effect for a little while, at least in Texas. And I, I spoke with um, Abby Johnson last week and she was letting me know that there was so many opportunities for the pregnancy centers in Texas to be ministering to women in need because abortion was um, not available as an option and that there were many lives saved and um, women protected from, from the harm of abortion. Now now we'll see if maybe the, you know, who who knows what's going to happen if the abortion rate will go up. But I think that in, in the wake of this, you know, if the state does, does open up and and abortion facilities open back up, but um, we'll have had this, this conversation. And like you said, um, when, when cancer diagnostic screenings, you know, um, you know, joint surgeries, uh, and Mm -hmm. numerous other things. I mean, you know, yeah, if you have cancer and you need treatment, but it's like a slow moving cancer, you still have cancer. And that is, you know, or, or think about just like, you know, the, the, the dental, you know, like dental surgery that people need, um, the dentists have been put on hold and you know, there's so many things that people have been asked to, to wait, to wait out. And the entire country right now is making sacrifices to protect vulnerable people, you know, um, with, with preexisting conditions who are sensitive, who, you know, who would be susceptible to the coronavirus. And we're all making this sacrifice to stay at home. People have lost their jobs. People are really suffering um, because of these stay-at-home orders, not just, not only because of the coronavirus, and yet abortion businesses have been have stayed open, and 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 abortion businesses are still profiting off the destruction of innocent human life. So um, that's a that's a big concern, and that's something that we're going to have to grapple, keep continue to grapple with. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great way to kind of just summarize the moment that we're in. So I think I'll probably just leave it there, but um, thank you so much for coming and just conversing through all of this with us. And um, we will be sure to continue to follow SBA lists and the work that you guys are doing. We're really grateful to have you guys in DC um, kind of, kind of gathering all of this information as things are a little bit disjointed from state to state. And um, we'll just be keep, we'll keep watching you guys for updates. Is there anything else you want to share about SBA and the stuff that you guys have going on? I think that's all, Stephanie. I mean, we're just, we are so grateful to, to you and the whole team in Ohio. I mean, you guys are, um, are some of our strongest allies and oldest friends and, and we appreciate you uh, for, for leading the charge to protect life across the country. Well, thanks, Mallory. That's kind of you to say. All right. Well, best of luck to you guys as you kind of continue to push forward and we like i said we'll continue to follow the work you guys are doing and we're grateful that you're there to do it yeah thanks for talking with us yeah no problem you're listening to the pro-life ohio podcast presented by ohio right to life founded in 1967 ohio right to life with more than 45 chapters and local affiliates is ohio's oldest and largest grassroots pro-life organization. 
Recognized as the flagship of the pro-life movement in Ohio, Ohio Right to Life works through legislation and education to promote and defend innocent human life from conception to natural death. We are Pro-Life Ohio, and we will end abortions.